couple of weeks ago, I was reading about this TikToker who went viral because she claims she walked right into a Subway sandwich shop and never having interviewed and not having been hired. She just said, I work here, and they put her to work. They gave her a uniform, put her to work. She's there making sandwiches, you know, using the pictures to make sandwiches. And she even says at one point, they left her alone to, to run the store. Sharon, I'm sure that would never happen at a Cava store. I'm sure it wouldn't. By the way, we need a Cava here in Vero Beach, Sharon. But uh, anyhow, we wonder why we can't get good service these days. Well, that may be part of the reason. We're in a sermon series entitled Be Prepared, and today I want to talk about be prepared to serve. Be prepared for service. Now, let me get the passage before us in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Peter writes, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that and all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So we're talking about be prepared to serve today. I'm going to say four things about that. Thing number one is to get your gift on. Get your gift on. Now let's break this out a little bit. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. The word for gift up there. And the word for grace in that verse, both have the same root, charis, C-H-A-R-I-S, charis. You'll recognize it as the root to charismatic. You'll recognize it as the root to charisma. It means gift. It means gift. We're all charismatics in that sense. We all have charisma in that sense. We have the charisma, the grace of God. We have the gift of God. There are various places in the New Testament where the writers list some of the gifts that are given to believers by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4. Here are some examples of those gifts. Serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leadership, mercy, helping, administration. Those are some of the gifts that God gives to Christians by His charis, by His charisma. Those are not comprehensive lists. It's not that that's all the gifts that there are. They're just representative, giving us an example of the kinds of things in which God equips believers. The first Holy Spirit gifted person that I'm aware of in the Bible is in the Old Testament. His name is Bezalel. That doesn't sound right. Bezalel. If it, Exodus chapter 31. I have called by name Bezalel, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, bronze, cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood, to work in every craft. If Bezalel was alive today, he'd probably have his own show on HGTV. But again, this craftsmanship is not listed in the lists of gifts. David was a talented musician, but Musician is not listed. Solomon said, joy is a good medicine for the heart, but stand-up comic is not listed. Neither is counsel or uh, counseling or writing or being a lawyer or IT or PR. All of these things which are invaluable to the kingdom of God, but may not be in the list. The idea is that we've all, though, by the grace of God, been gifted in various ways. 
Paul talking about his conversion when he was Saul, Acts chapter 22, verse 16, Ananias says to Saul, get up, be baptized, wash your sins away, calling on his name. So he was saved by the grace, the grace of God. But in that very same speech that Ananias is giving to Saul, he's telling Saul how he's going to be gifted with apostleship. The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will, to see the righteous one. Saul's going to see the resurrected Jesus, to hear words from his mouth, and you'll be his witness to all the people of what you have seen and heard. So this is true of all of us. The idea I'm trying to communicate is, by the grace of God, we are saved and rescued, but by the same grace, we are equipped and gifted to serve. Rafa House is one of the ministries, the missions that we support here. Our offerings support Rafa House. They rescue children out of the sex slave trade. But after those children are rescued, they need to be taught, educated, trained, and equipped so that they can maintain their freedom. Let me show you about a, a one-minute clip from Rafa House here, just to illustrate this a little bit or emphasize it. Je me suis senti que je n'avais une seule option. Mais, quand je suis arrivé dans la femme, tout le monde a changé. Je ne suis pas de la prostitution encore. Je suis allé à l'école, je joue à la guérison. Espoir à liberté. Moi, j'ai espoir à créer pour la vie. Moi, Konya, moi, Konya, passé moi par avenir. You see the point. The children are rescued and they're educated and equipped so they can maintain their freedom. We are rescued by the grace of God. We are also equipped, equipped rather, by His grace with these gifts. What are the gifts? What are the nature of these gifts? I like what Mark Moore writes in his book, Core 52. He writes, Spiritual gifts are abilities given by the Holy Spirit that an individual can use to benefit the body of Christ. Most of the gifts are natural abilities. Though some gifts may be given after salvation, most are given at birth. Their innate abilities we have that become spiritual gifts, not when the Spirit gives them to us, but when we give them back to God in the service of His church. Now, I just thought that the starting place for us this morning would be to have a sense of gratitude to God for His grace in gifting us and equipping us. Now, how do you know what your gift is or gifts are? I mean, is there a sorting hat that we can put on that says, well, you're going to go over here into the service house and you're going into the administration house? There is not. There's nothing like that. In our orientation class, if you become a member of Vera Christian Church, you go into orientation with Associate Minister Scott Blount. They're meeting over there right now. Our new members are meeting. And part of what he does is administer a spiritual gifts analysis. It's an online test that really anyone can take. And it's kind of like a, a personality test, sort of like a Myers-Briggs, at the end of which it tells you these are your three strongest categories in the gifts that we're aware of in the New Testament. It's great fun. 
They're very interesting. I think they're somewhat helpful. I mean, it's not the Holy Spirit, but it's helpful. That test is available to anyone. We put out here in the Welcome Center, there are sheets of paper with a QR code. If you would like to go and take that online test, it doesn't take a lot of time. Uh, I would highly advise that. Highly advise that. But that's one way. Mark Moore says, here's another way to figure out what your gift is. Three steps. Number one, walk into a room. Two, look around. And three, identify what needs to be done that you would enjoy doing with excellence. That is your spiritual gift. So you're looking around and say, man, this church could really use that ministry. This church could really use a bouncy house ministry. Well, that may be you. That's your spiritual gift. Okay, so number one, we're preparing ourselves for service. Get your gift on. Number two, use it or lose it. Use it or lose it. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. So Peter says, use it. I didn't say lose it, but I toss that in because it kind of sounds good and it's also true. He says to use it. We're to use our gifts for others. Paul is an apostle. He had the, the ability of miraculous healing, but he did not heal himself even though he was not often well. He didn't use that for himself. Those who had the gift of giving, they did not say, well, I'm going to give money to myself. These gifts are not given to us to make us feel good. We are not buckets for God's grace. We are conduits of His grace. Some of you know Mike Kukulowski. Uh, Mike Kukulowski has preached here before, not, not that long ago, a couple of months ago. And Mike, a friend of mine too, he is approaching billionaire status. Did you know that? Mike is approaching billionaire status, Mike Kukulowski. But you won't find his name listed on the Forbes 400 because the money we're talking about is not his money. He doesn't own it. He works at Christian Financial Resources. They manage other people's money, OPM. They got about $800 million in assets, he recently told me. That's close to a billion dollars, but it's not his. He's a manager. He's a steward of those resources. Now, we understand that. That's pretty straightforward. We can get our minds around that. It's the same way with each one of us. Actually, our money is not ours. Our money, our financial resources belong to God. We're just stewards. We're managers doing with it what God wants us to do with his money. But that's not only true of money. It is also true of our charisma, of our gifts, our skills, abilities, talents, and aptitudes. We're stewards and managers, and you use it or lose it. Remember this uh, parable that Jesus told, Matthew chapter 25. The kingdom of heaven will be like a man who went on a journey. He called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. They're stewards. To the one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. The man who received the five talents put them to work, earned five more. The man with the two talents put them to work, earned two more. But the man with the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. You know the story. What happened to the one talent that the lazy servant buried in the ground? What happened to that talent? It took it away. He lost it. That's where I get the idea. Use it or lose it. I read an interesting book recently. It's called The Talent Code by Daniel Coyle, The Talent Code. It's a book that talks about how skill is developed in young people and older people as well. There's four basic steps he goes through. talks about myelin, the wrapping of the nerve centers. 
Those kinds of things. But there's also a part in that book that talks about how skill is lost. Let me read you this excerpt. Daniel Coyle writes, What's the simplest way to diminish the skills of a superstar talent short of inflicting an injury? What would be the surest method of ensuring that LeBron James started clanking jump shots or that Yo-Yo Ma started fudging chords? The answer is, don't let them practice for a month. Causing skills to evaporate only requires that you stop a skilled person from firing his circuits for a mere 30 days. Their muscles won't have changed or their genes, but you will have touched their talent at the weakest spot in its armor. Daily practice matters, particularly as we get older. As Vladimir Horowitz, the virtuoso pianist who kept performing into his 80s, put it, quote, if I skip practice for one day, I notice. If I skip practice for two days, my wife notices. And if I skip practice for three days, the world notices. God wants us to use our gifts, to find a way to use them. Paul writes in Galatians 6, As we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Now, there's a way to use our gifts, our gifts, our talents, our abilities, our skills, our aptitudes inside this building and on Sunday and also outside of this building Monday through Saturday. And all of it is legitimate. We want to serve all people. We want to serve the saved and the lost. But Paul says with a special emphasis on making sure we're serving in the kingdom of God and we're serving the church. Now, I want to say something. I wrote it down because I want to... There's a specific way I want this to come across and be worded. Some of you are consumed at this stage in your life with caring for an elderly parent or an ailing spouse, a special needs family member, or maybe several small children. That is your ministry, and it is totally legitimate. You may not have a lot of time or energy available for the local church other than to attend services, and that's okay. You are doing what God has called you to do. Our availability for local church-related ministry may be restricted for a season. But as soon as possible, and as creatively as possible, we must think hard about how to use what we have to do good to the family of believers. Aven Putter, I asked for permission to use her as an example. Her mother, Neva, many of us know Neva, has Alzheimer's. She's in a home. And a lot of Avon's time and energy right now is going to take care of Neva. She doesn't have a lot left over to do other things, for instance, in the church. However, one thing Avon realized, as she was navigating elder care and those complexities, kind of learning the lessons the hard way, she realized, you know, there are other people in the church, in the congregation, who might benefit from this knowledge and from these lessons. And so Avon was the one who spearheaded, organized and spearheaded the elder care workshop that we had here about a week ago that many of you may have attended. What she did was she, she found a way to use what she had in the service of the church. I'm just saying we want to find a way. Right now we're worshiping this hour in the 9.30 hour. This hour is followed by the 11 o'clock service. We have a, a growing family life ministry here. Nate Wilkerson 
leads that ministry. We have a lot of young families with young children that always have a need for people to help out in those ministries. We have at least a dozen people that are serving either in the children's ministry or in the youth ministry who are grandparents. We have a dozen grandparents working in the family life ministry. They've raised their children. They've worked in church all their life and for decades, but they're not stopping. They're not just their own biological family's grandparents. They're grandparents for the church. And most of us have children, maybe grandchildren, maybe even great-grandchildren, maybe not in this church, maybe somewhere else. And we might hope that in that church that they're attending, that there are concerned folks who are lending their time and their skills to help take care of those children so those parents can sit together in a worship service and worship together. We've got this, uh, this Get Connected form right here. If you're interested in serving, haven't found a place yet in the church, check that box. Family Ministries, check that box. Interested in serving somewhere and some way. Okay, use it or lose it. Number three, just four ways of being prepared to serve. Four ways. Third way is leave it all on the field. I'm calling this leave it all on the field. Verse 11, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides. This is not so much focusing on the gifts themselves, basically two categories, the speaking and the serving gifts, as much as the manner in which we serve, which is wholeheartedly. Leave it all on the field. You recognize that idiom. It's a sports idiom. It says, give it all you've got. Paul, we, we talked about Paul earlier. He was given the gift of apostleship. Here's what he said about that. 1 Corinthians 15, 10. He said, by the grace of God, the charis of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not, not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Who's all of them that he worked harder than? That's all the other apostles. Paul said, I'm an apostle. I'll tell you something. He said, I outworked the 12 who were originally with Jesus. I'm late to the game. God let me be an apostle. I work hard. If you know anything about the life of Paul, you know he left it all on the field. He left. He held nothing back. But he said, it's, it's all the grace of God, the charisma of God. Uh, back in the day, I watched a lot of TV. I don't watch hardly any TV now, but I used to watch a lot of TV. I watched American Idol, you know, kind of back in the beginning where you had Randy and Paula and Simon were the judges back in those days. And Simon said something on more than one occasion that irritated me. I know Simon irritated a lot of people, but this is what irritated me when somebody would perform on the stage, and it was kind of what he felt was subpar, and he said this. He said, now, that was okay. He said, I can basically hear that in any church on any Sunday in America. And what irritated me about that is what he was using the church as an adjective, equating it with mediocrity. Mediocrity. And I just... Even though it may be true, in a lot of instances, I just thought, I don't like that. I don't like that. We in the church should be passionately, including me, starting with me, passionately pursuing excellence and exercising the grace of gifts that God has giving, given to us and leaving it all on the field, doing the very best that we can for the Lord. All right, and then one final thing uh, about being prepared is... To God be the glory. Give God the glory. So that in all things, Peter says, all of this, serve with all your heart, 
so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So when we serve, and we're leaving it all on the field, it's not for our glory, it's for the glory of God. Now, one thing I thought Mark Moore did a good job when I was reading on his chapter on gifts in Core 52 was connecting service with the unity of the church. Uh, and I never thought about that connection before. But one of the ways, you know, we talk about doctrinal unity or unity based on the Word of God or maybe unity based on the Holy Spirit. But he connects unity in the church with using our gifts to serve. And here's the way he puts it. He says, the early church sprang up within the Roman Empire, which was deeply divided across ethnic, geographic, gender, and political lines. The church of Jesus Christ was the only organization that crossed those lines. What seemed impossible became practical because Christians made Jesus Lord of all. As Paul said, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, not male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. This was reality, not idealism. At the core of this reality was the distribution of spiritual gifts to each Christian that they might exercise them for the benefit of the body. It is our love and service that stun and attract the watching world. Gifts are to build unity. And unity is an apologetic to bring outsiders into the community. Our unity is as compelling as our preaching. And what he's saying is, there are a lot of people out in the world, and a lot of them drive by this building and see our sign. We have a heavy visitor flow just about every Sunday, and at least half of them say, driving by your building? Thought I'd drop in. When folks drop in, they're looking for something. They're looking for God. They're looking for a place to belong, where they are loved and accepted. And they're looking to contribute and be significant, and offer what they have. And when they see people serving one another in the name of Christ, it, serving people in the church is attractive to those outside of the church. Jesus said, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven today, we are... We are entering into gratitude for your grace, your charisse, your charisma, your grace that saves us and rescues us from our sins, your grace that treats us the opposite of what we deserve and what we've earned. We deserve judgment, but Jesus takes our judgment and we get his righteousness and his reward. That grace, but also, God, we're entering into our gratitude for your equipping grace, for your gifts to us, for the abilities and the aptitudes that you have given to us. And by your grace working in us, we would give that back to you for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.